Welcome to Road to Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Rotoplay Podcast, a proud member of the Rotoplay Network. I am your host, Kent Blue. Well, folks, this week is the penultimate episode of We Die Here. Just two more episodes of this fantastic game. Uh, we Die Here is a beautiful game by Steffi Devon. Uh, and, I mean, as if you couldn't tell, I love it so much and, and honestly cannot wait to play it again and create another little strange town like Cliffsdale. Uh, you can definitely go pick up We Die Here as uh, on DriveThruRPG. We got links to that. Uh, you can back Steffi and Liz Shapranico's Patreon. Over. We have links to that also as well uh, in the show notes. Um, so go show them some love. Support their games. The, the amazing people making amazing games. Make sure you go support them. Right, I'd like to do a big shout out once again to my players in this game. Jay, Kate, Trevor, and Kristen who are just... The best people who I love so much, they they made this game so special, and I, I value and love each and every one of them more than I could ever say. So thank you, you four, for, for making this game amazing. All right, I don't have a whole lot to talk about, really. Uh, we As we wrap this up, we have a new exciting series coming just down the line. Not going to talk too much about what that is yet, but I think you all will enjoy it, especially if you've been enjoy, enjoying We Die Here. But stick around after the show to listen to a promo from the fine folks over at Roleplay Retcon, a, a podcast that I really, really enjoy. It's a great podcast where they're remaking bad movies using different role-playing systems. Uh, they've done Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They've done Twilight. Uh, really great stuff. So hop on over there, subscribe to them, check out their show, check out the promo at the end of this episode. All right. That's it. Let's dive right back into Cliffsdale, South Carolina with We Die Here with Kate, Jay, Trevor, and Kristen. And she says, uh, Anita, stand up. Anita stands up. Is it okay if I give you a hug? And she's like, goes in for the hug. Yes. And as we're hugging, Anita says, I'm so glad we're friends. And Alice just kind of goes, yeah, Anita, actually, me too. All right. So we leave this, this, uh, you know, this, this wholesome moment of two friends hugging, uh, hugging it out and preparing for the worst that is yet to come. And we will actually step forward a couple hours in time to mid-morning, nine o'clock-ish or so, and catch up with April. What has April been up to since leaving the graveyard with a satchel full of meat and a bloody rock, I suppose? Uh, April just went for her, her normal stroll, uh, t- taking in the, the normal sights of the, of the town, uh, mixed in with the occasional 
creepy crawly that was arguably there or not. Um, you know, kind of scrambling for for some sense of of the normalcy that uh, she has created for herself with her nighttime walks, but with the added flavoring of she's on the town is unhinged, everything's unhinged. So why not everything be unhinged together? Yeah, and I think April's seen a few things in her walk, just strange things about like. I mean, just like she saw someone open their front door and there was an elevator there, like as if they were about to walk into an elevator, uh, which really freaked them out for some reason. Uh, they did not want to go inside their house, but April just kept on walking because she's seen enough, you know, and this, this, I mean, honestly, nothing new and a long, long line of weird things that she has seen the past few hours. But I think her, her meandering and walking eventually takes her down her own street and, you know, she walks by a house that she's familiar with. She sees every day her neighbors and people that she doesn't really talk to. She avoids if she can. And I think she walks by her own house and as she's walking by, uh, the door opens and I imagine April is pretty fearful that it's going to be her parents have somehow known she's walking down the street to come out and, and draw her into home and, you know, talk to her about life in Cliffsdale and staying in Cliffsdale. But I think April feels at least somewhat of relief whenever she sees Reverend Beckett step out instead of her parents. It should be noted how, like how drastically uncomfortable she is with her parents that the Reverend is a modicum of, relief because she still acknowledges that he is creepy af yeah yeah he is i mean tall and lanky and he's got a black suit on this morning and you know he's got he's got a what 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 looks like a bible under his arm um april knows that her parents are you know they they are of his flock so to speak they go to the church the 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 church of the wayward sons and daughters every Sunday and Wednesday, they're down there. Uh, so it's not unusual for the Reverend to be at her house. April will trust coordinate things where she's not around, but he is walking out and he shuts the door, turns around and looks across the street and locks eyes with April and gives that big winning smile uh, that he gives that so many people sitting in the crowd on Sunday just enjoy, even though they may not realize why they enjoy it and waves and says, Oh, April. It is a pleasure to see you on this this morning. Uh, the rain stopped, thankfully. It did, and and how fortunate we all are that it did. Would hate for the uh, for there to be flooding. That is true. Uh, you know, we know that floods aren't uh, a sign of God's wrath sometimes. So, staying away from flooding is is definitely something I prefer because I don't feel like we are ready to wipe us all off the face of the earth just yet. What has you out this morning? Oh, I just, uh, I, I like to uh, take a tour around town and appreciate the, the beautiful sights and sounds of this good city. I do too. It is a nice place to walk around with plenty of nice people. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful town we have and, like you, I like to walk around and just enjoy what what we've been given here. 
Right, right, right. And, and, um, it would be awful if there was any sort of horrible manifestation of, uh, the, the very fabric of people's horror and nightmares happening, uh, you know, if that were to be happening. And the Reverend stops in the middle of the street and just looks at you for a minute and says, why don't we walk together a bit and talk about that some more? Um, but she just doesn't say it aloud to the, uh, to the Reverend April just thinks, eh, fuck it. Um, but sure. That'd be lovely. And follows, falls in step with, uh, with the Reverend. So I think y'all walk for a little while, you know, three or four minutes in silence. Um, as the Reverend kind of collects his thoughts, he steals a glance at you every once in a while to kind of appraise you. And in his mind, he's wondering how much this girl knows, or if that was just the random ramblings of, you know, a, a, a millennial that is wandering around town with him now. Um, and as you're walking and you're thinking maybe y'all are just going to walk and, and appreciate the town, he, he clears his throat and says, um, have you seen strange things lately? As a matter of fact, I have. There have been, there have been uh, uh, an unusual number of out of the ordinary things happening in this very ordinary town of ours. He kind of laughs. He says, Oh, <laughs> this town is far from ordinary. Um, and I'm honestly surprised that these strange things have not cropped up before. What, what have you seen? This... You, you both say at the same time, you know, you both talk at the same time. Oh, uh, uh, yellow raincoat monster ate my friend's eye out of her face last night. Uh, but, uh, what makes this an unusual town? Um, well, I mean, yellow eyeball eating raincoat monsters with, you know, not forthcoming. Um, this town's old and this town, and he takes a moment, he's really kind of measuring out. He's still measuring out what he's saying. He's still kind of trying to figure you out a little bit. Um, he says, this town's old, and there's a lot of things buried beneath it that have their way of bleeding through. An interesting choice of words, buried beneath it. How often mm. do you talk to your parents? And, I mean, he stops, or stopped in the middle of the street. Oh, we, we, I mean, we probably interact daily, but I wouldn't say we've had an in-depth conversation about anything other than what I'm doing with my life in some time. How often do you, you know, they come to the church and you don't, how often do they talk about the things that we talk about? They have told me that the good word that you pass on to them every Sunday and Wednesday is some 
that you have to earn by showing up. So I don't really know what it is that you've been telling them, teaching them, excuse me, sharing with them. And he chuckles a little bit at, at, at what you've said. He says, huh? Well, showing up is half of it, but we, and he looks at you and he looks, I mean, he looks at you hard, like for what feels like a full minute. And he says, so we do more than just show up. There are things going on at the church and in the town that we are trying to accomplish. And we hope one day that you'll be part of those plans. Um, that will obviously be your choice. Uh, it would be easier if you joined us, but there are things that we must see dealt with before. Do your parents ever talk to you about that kind of stuff? No. Aside from asking me when I'm going to join them, you're making it almost sound like you have some sort of secret sinister plan. Well, I wouldn't. Secret, yes. Uh, sinister, no. Uh, obviously, we're operating. It's very yeah. subjective. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it could be that way. I suppose it depends on what side you're on as to whether it's sinister or not. Uh, but when you're on the right side, it's not sinister. It is obvious. It is for the better for everyone. But rhetoric that involves things like right and wrong side is very, very precarious conversation, Reverend. Well, I suppose it is. Either way, right or wrong, our plans, whatever they may be, and whether or not you may find yourself wrapped up in them at your choosing, cannot go into motion yet. Um, we have things that, that we must prepare and do before. Things that you have encountered recently things that are buried deep beneath the town. You wouldn't happen to know any sort of lore about some sort of monster living under the town, would you? And I think the Reverend starts to smile, that big smile, and says, well, we are aware that there is something under our town. We didn't know what until recently when it started to wake up, but we know that it, we have to deal with it. Hmm. If you were to suggest someone deal with it, what direction would you give them? I think he smiles and looks off in the direction of the cliffs, but just not like, like he's answering your question. He just looks off that way. And he says, well, I think to deal with it would take an act of mercy. Mm -hmm. He smiles and says, I hope you have a good day and I hope you join us. Maybe this Sunday. I certainly Consider it. You have yourself a beautiful day. 
and he takes off walking back in the direction of the church, feeling good about the conversation he's had. <laughs> Obtuse son of a bitch. <laughs> So let's check in as April stands there in the street, maybe uncertain of what just occurred. Uh, let's check in in a ditch that is slowly drying with the young teacher, the young English teacher of Cliffsdale High School, Andy Baker, and his faithful dog, Yoshi, curled up next to him. Andy, I think, I think at some point you come to in the early hours of the morning just enough to notice something strange. So Andy comes to because of a very familiar sound uh, of what sounds like fire, very close. Um, Andy kind of like opens his eyes a couple of times and closes them again as he's feeling like he was hit by several trucks and then backed over again by the same trucks. Um, Yoshi is curled up in a ball next to him and starts to stir when he does. Um, and they're both covered in, in muck and grime and everything else you get from being in a ditch all night and being rained on. He stands up unsteadily, of course, as his body is still a little drunk and sees across the street at somebody's house um, a group of figures in the front yard. And the figures are all aflame. I mean, the, 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 the outline of the bodies are there, and it's just solid black, but they're all aflame. And they're standing in a big circle, and they're all holding hands. And in the center of their circle is some sort of sigil that has been burned or etched into the ground. And that is also a flame. Um, and this really um, throws Andy off. And uh, he, he thinks that he's still just drunk, uh, really, really drunk, and uh, kind of picks Yoshi up. Like to, or not really picks him up, but shakes Yoshi awake and kind of uh, nods his head to like, let's let's move away from where we're at right now. And they begin to make their way up the street, away from the strange ritual that appears to be going on. Okay, so I think as they make their way up the street, we're going to say it's later in the morning. Yeah, it's probably probably even close to noon. Andy has been sleeping it off pretty hard after hitting his head and being just oblivious drunk. Um, and I think as they're stumbling a little bit, making their way down the street, you know, maybe Andy's starting slowly to come out of being drunk, but still not doing too great. Oh, I mean, he'd lean over and barf at some point, you know, like it's just, it's, it's a deadly hangover kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I think as Andy is hunched over, just finishing vomiting all over the road, uh, someone approaches Andy and says, Oh, uh, Hey, do you need some help? Um, 
and he kind of like closes his eyes and like just the the just the sound of the person's voice is enough to like cause his head to start throbbing uh and he stands up straight and looks at the the person uh who does he see he sees Stephen Garlic Cynthia's publicist is standing there having left his hotel to head over to the theater workshop for a little bit to help set up things for the reading. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Stephen is standing there. Stephen's younger, a little bit younger than you all are. Um, maybe, a, maybe six months to a year younger than you all are. Uh, but we haven't really described Stephen. Stephen's little, I mean, Stephen looks like probably works out a little bit, goes to the gym a couple times a week, um, but has kind of a boyish face and brown hair. And if for some reason we did describe Stephen earlier, that's all getting cut. But <laughs> sitting there staring at you and says, uh, hey, and pulls a water bottle out of their satchel and says, hey, here, have a, get, some, get a drink in you. Uh, yeah, rough night. Uh, Andy takes a, the water bottle from him and just does a little bit because he knows too much. It'll all just come back anyways and um, hands it back to him. Uh, you you could say that. You could say that, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I've had a, I mean, traveling with Cynthia, you know, people after our reading, sometimes people like to buy drinks and don't want to turn a fan down. So, yeah, uh, I've been in there and he sees you. She's, oh, that's an adorable dog you have. Uh, thanks. His um, his name's Yoshi. Oh well, that's that's a that's a great name for what looks like a great dog. He's a very good boy, and uh, Andy kind of looks down and realizes like he's in a he's in a suit. He doesn't remember a whole lot of what happened. Um, he remembers going. He remembers, he remembers what Alice told him and he remembers going home and beginning to drink. He remembers leaving the apartment. He remembers, um, specifically knocking over Derek's gravestone and he remembers throwing a bottle of whiskey through the stained glass window of the church. And he remembers uh, April and Anita being there with him, but he doesn't remember necessarily what they talked about. Um, and uh, he he looks at kind of like down at his suit, and he's like, "I I don't really know what what happened last night, Stephen. Um, it it was a rough night. I just kind of got some bad news from a friend, and uh." kind of went went out from there sorry i'm in such a rough appearance uh, oh don't worry i mean don't worry about that uh, i mean you know i know how life is life is life and sometimes life i mean hits you like a big rock you know um <laughs> oh wow um he he looks at steven yeah and then like kind of furrows his eyebrow and then looks at, like, raises his wrist to look at Derek's watch and sees that Derek's watch is there and remembers, you know, kind of like, crap, I've still got this watch. Uh, what time does he see on the watch? 
Um, it's about, we'll say, we'll say one o'clock. We're shifting time around a lot here. Jesus, oh, so late. Uh, what, what, what time is the, the reading? I wanted to go to that. Oh, it's a seven. I mean, I'm on my way there now. Um, you know, they're having burgers there that, oh. that, I mean, you probably need to get some food in you based on any like motions to the ground, you know, and the pile I saw back there. And, um, it, I mean, yeah. You, yeah. And, uh, I think that would be a good I, idea. I mean, if you want to get home and change, I can, you know, I can, I'll walk with you, make sure you get there and get you changed. And then I would get you over. I mean, I can get you to the reading and get you sat down and get a burger in you and start feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's do that. Steven, I, I appreciate I appreciate you being so kind to a basically stranger. Oh well, no problem. I mean, it's I mean, you know, Cynthia wants everybody there, so I mean, ulterior motives and such. But yeah, I mean, you seem like a nice guy. I mean, I imagine that we, you know, I mean, you're my age. I mean, you seem like such a nice guy. I got it all together and just had a rough night. So let's. I just want to remedy that. Help you out. I mean, yeah. do, do you want to go change? first i mean just point me in the direction of your home and i'll we'll walk there and get you yeah, some water walk let, it off a bit let, let, let's do that let, okay. let's do that well let's do that and get this this good boy home and he reaches down pets yoshi on the head and, oh yoshi know. growls like oh. ears go back yoshi steven says oh, you dogs don't like me it's it's all right i don't know why i expect that to change now but no. Yes, yeah, that's weird. Yoshi usually likes everybody. Well, he's been rained on all night. It's no big deal. Let's 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 get you home and changed, and then we'll get you to the reading, get a burger in you, and you know, get you get you on your way. Hear a little bit of Cynthia's new book, which is fantastic. I think this reading she does is 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 really good, honestly. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it, Stephen. And as he says that, he. Like as like Stephen is coming out of his mouth, he turns over and has another bout of sickness. Says, "Let's just let's get going." Yeah, Stephen kind of dances backwards and helps you move along past it, and you all totter off to to your apartment and get there. Find the door has been closed now, and you know the water has been. I don't know, leave the water running. Turn it off. Turn it off. Yeah, find your apartment. I mean, whether or not you remember turning, you know, leaving it on or not. But your apartment's there. It's nice. The water's off. Everything seems to be where it should be, except for a missing side bag. But Stephen waits outside as you as you get and put yourself together and get new clothes and whatever else you're going to do. Yeah. So Andy just changes um, into his normal everyday kind of uh, kind of attire. Just a nice shirt tucked into some slacks with a um today is it what what time of year is it again it's october-ish yeah so it's probably a little brisk outside so he uh he throws on like a a nice sweater over top of it and uh kind of has a tie on underneath so you just see the tie um at the top of the sweater and uh he looks around for his bag, um, doesn't see it, shrugs, once again forgets to take off the watch, um, and leaves the apartment. Yep, and Stephen gets you to the reading, and we'll catch up with you a little bit later. Mm-hmm. 
All right. I think the only things we have to sort out uh, are Anita and April. Where where do we see them going? Uh, is April okay? Is April going to come to Anita's? Um. Yeah, I think April will still swing by Anita's because um, she had been planning on avoiding her parents' place anyway, and okay. now she knows they're feeling a little extra zealous at the moment. So all the more reason to not stop there. Gotcha. So maybe we have a quick, mm-hmm. a quick chat there and decide, I mean, if you were, if you already know what your character, what you want your character to do, that's fine. I'm not sure yet. Um, what Anita's going to do. I mean, I, th- I just straight up, I don't think April is welcome at the reading. Um, right. I remember so she's, that. Okay. she's not going to, you know, just wander the town for the time. Like she'll, if, you know, that was, I feel like that was enough of an indication from the, from the reverend for her to be like, oh, well, I guess we'll keep exploring the whole clip thing. Right. Okay. So. All right. So Anita, you have a, you have a wandering April on your doorstep. Yeah. Assuming, uh, did you say you knocked? Yeah. Did I miss that? <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I didn't, but I'll knock. Okay. <laughs> so Anita, Anita opens the door and and says, oh, April, hi, I was, I just happened to be cooking some, some food. Do you want to come in and eat? That would be, that would be just real nice. Thank you. Sure. Um, you, do you happen to have any, um, any coffee? I do. Yes. Come in. I'll get you some coffee and, and some food. I saw Alice. Oh, did you? And she's okay. So. Oh. Let's let's eat okay. and I'll I'll catch you up. Yes, please catch me up. Okay. Trying to think if there's anything Anita. So I think Anita shares the gist of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's something that Alice is going to go do. She has a plan, the the propane tanks. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she goes into detail about Alice leaving mm-hmm. or that Tabitha knows what to do if she doesn't die. Like she's. Yeah. Anita and Alice had a, had a moment. And so now she's like, that's my friend. So I'm not, I don't want to say too much, but so, you know, all of this cliff stuff. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm not sure if, I mean, Alice wanted me to go to the reading to make sure everyone was safe, but I hate the idea of her being there by herself. Well, call me crazy. I think maybe it might be better if I didn't go to the reading for broken nose reasons. So maybe I should go. Maybe I should go out to the cliffs and look out for Alice. Are you okay being with Alice after everything we just discussed last night? I don't see what else I have left to lose. I don't think... I I think Alice was just doing what she had to do. And I just don't want her to be hurt. Or you to be hurt. Well... I think maybe right now we just worry about getting through the day. Good. That's a good plan. 
well, if you want to have a shower and rest, um, maybe we can take off together and I'll, I'll go to the reading and not sure Andy will talk to me, but I still want to make sure that he's okay. Also, is it Sounds time like for another painkiller? She doesn't wait. She takes another. <laughs> she takes two. I, just don't, <laughs> I don't want the eye pain to like come back. She takes two, a little bit of vodka. All right. And I think April gets a shower, finishes some coffee, and we step through time to about 6.30. Um, what has Alice done in the meantime? We know we know Alice got propane tanks, you know, just a quick montage of Alice before we go into this this finale here. Yeah, so she probably takes one last trip to the bridge. Um, I think she probably gets out of the car near the bridge. Um, and she sort of like, we see her walk up onto the bridge and just sort of like look off into the woods. And I don't think we hear what she says. Um, I think she just says something and we see the wind like blow her hair. And she nods. And then she says something else. And the wind is like, picks up again. And she nods again. And she turns around and gets back in the car. And drives off past the diner, past the church, past the apartments. Um... I think she's like, we see her just sort of staring straight ahead. She doesn't really look at any of these places. She just kind of drives um, and she heads down the like side road out of town the other way up towards the cliffs. We see her drive up the hill and we see her like parking the car, getting out, getting up some rope um, and like latching and basically tying to her belt uh, like th- like two propane canisters on one side, two on the other side and like putting her gun in a plastic like sealed container so that it doesn't get wet and lose the powder. So she doesn't fuck this all up before she even goes down. Um, you know, we see her like prepping basically we get our Batman scene, right? Our Batman gratuitous suit up of Alice, just like latching rope on and like tying up the containers and latching rope on and like stretching a little bit. And I think we see her, she probably takes off her like jacket. So she's wearing like a t-shirt and, um, probably, um, like steps behind the car and comes out wearing a different pair of pants that are lighter than denim so she can swim better, right? But still warm, so like sweats or something. And uh, she like laces up her tennis shoes and she like looks out over the water and like comes up closer to the cliff edge and like looks down at the water. I think at the edge of her vision, we see like black swirls around the edge of the water and as soon as she looks at them, they're gone. But like when she's not paying attention to them, they're there on the edge. So you're just like taking deep breaths and stretching. Okay. So we're going to go back and forth a lot here. Okay. Back and forth between the two locations as we enter this. Um, let's keep it the cliffs. Uh, April. What do you walk up on or what does Alice walk up on when, you know, let's get April here. Um, so I guess April walks up and sees, um, sees Alice like standing at the the cliff's edge kind of like stretching um and April kind of watches her for a couple of minutes silently just to see what's happening really before she says going swimming 
I think Alice doesn't turn around. And she says, if anyone was going to come here, it was going to be you. And she I'm says, sorry to be so inconvenient. No, not inconvenient, but you're risking yourself unnecessarily. I would stay up here if I were you. It's safer. Yeah. Well, that sounds boring. If you want to come with me, latch two of those propane canisters to your waist with the rope in the car. Okay. The more we take down, the better. April goes ahead and starts suiting up herself. Hell yeah. And as you're suiting up, um, you all hear somebody walking up behind you as you're both looking over the cliffs. And you hear a voice you've heard a few times the past few days. Um, as they say, God damn it, I thought I'd be the first one here. And you turn around and you see Steven standing there, bitch. holding a gun pointed out at towards y'all. And says that clearly, <laughs> clearly you all are, I mean, here for a reason and Based off what Daisy's told me, I think I know what that reason is. Which also, based off what Daisy's told me, I obviously can't let you do. Daisy's been talking to you then. Daisy's had a few things to say. Your town is really fucked up. A lot of fucked up people. I mean, you're the one holding a gun. I mean, you're the ones with propane tanks strapped to your sides. Well, it's a good thing that there's somebody at the reading who knows what Daisy's up to, isn't it? I don't think that matters much. And knows that Steffi's in on it, probably. Well, that wasn't too much to figure out. But, yeah. Say, I have to ask, is it the meat from the teddy bear or is it something else? Because I, I've just been wondering... You know, ever since I saw the giant teddy bear full of meat, I figured it was his kind of thing. Well, I mean, the giant teddy bear was luck, I guess, as Daisy explains it. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you everything. No, but I mean, your model, this whole dream thing's been interesting, at least for all of us, right? You've never seen nothing like this before, have you? No, but it, I mean, I haven't seen it before, but I know what it means for me. And what does it mean for you, Stephen? What's in it for you? Oh, it means I I get to live my dream. I mean, I don't die with the rest of you. I get to go on. What makes you think it's going to spare you, Stephen? Well, I mean, that's what Daisy told me. And Daisy... You're just going to believe everything Daisy said? Now listen, Stephen, I know you're not from here. And she starts to slip back into her accent for the first time in a long time. So you wouldn't understand the way we do things around here. Now... I'm not going to ask you to reconsider because you seem pretty set on what you're going for. But I just want you to understand that whatever's under this town, it likes us, brings us back. I don't know that it gives a single shit about you, Stephen. And if you don't think that Daisy would do whatever she could to get whatever she wanted, then you clearly haven't met the woman because somehow she burned that building down with Rennie in it, which I got to say impressed me a little bit because it seems like she got away pretty scot-free on that, which is real lucky for her. But I got to say, I think you're being played whether you care or not. 
And I think I think what you say gets through to Stephen just a little bit, and I think the gun comes down a little bit. Um, it says, "Well, I don't I don't think I'm getting played at all. I, I'm doing my part." And the gun comes back up, and you know, it says, well, "My part is to doing your part." It it doesn't matter what I get out of doing my part. I get no, but what do I you want. think that she can give it to you? See, she can't. She can't. It, oh it, no, but, no, but what makes you think that she speaks for it? Because you see, Daisy's a woman, just like any other human. And I look at April, straight at April. I look away from him, the man who has a gun pointed at me, and I say, and all humans lie sometimes, don't we, April? That's right, Stephen. Sometimes you say what needs to be said in order to get what you want, in order to keep going forward, in uh-huh. order to further your own interests and i look back at steven and i say and sometimes and it's very rare we as humans understand that we got to do what needs to be done no matter what steven and i fling myself backward off the fucking cliff (laughs) all right uh go ahead sorry april i love you but i can't i'm sorry i'm sorry april just cursed now she just curses to herself and goes running after you yeah oh no (laughs) we're gonna have april road uh avoid bullets as steven shoots because his one job here is to stop whatever is happening here fuck i need you to not have the rock but you have the rock so now my plans are shot so (laughs) it's you it happens um One base die, and then Mm -hmm. needs and wants if they go in or sacrificing thereof. Uh, I don't even remember what I have written down for needs and wants anymore. (laughs) That's what happens when you go totally unhinged. (laughs) Um, Your need was to maintain the semblance of normalcy. Your want was to be able to sleep somewhere else because being stuck in the same town, you know, you want to move away. Okay, so that's at least one sacrifice because I don't care about normal no more. All right, so two dice. I think you only get, yeah, I think whether you sacrifice, you just get one. So two, you need a five or a six to not get shot, which, you know, we'll go from there. All right. Oh, well, that didn't work. Well, I have one five, so that's all that matters. All right, so you succeed. So as you turn to run, um, you do hear the gun, the gun that Stephen has that he does not know how to use. Uh, he was hoping that he could bluff his way through this situation, go off twice, um, but they are <laughs> horrible shots. One hits a few feet away in the dirt from you, and the other one you hear just go through the trees that, that are on the sides of this path that lead off the cliffs. So, yeah, play <laughs> us out as you as you take the plunge. Um, I'm going to, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, the, the hot new thing that April does is just take off running places. Uh, so (laughs) she turns on her heel and starts sprinting. Um, and, uh, goes into like a, a straight up dive, like head first, hands first. Um, where, where Alice had kind of just like fallen back, right? Yeah, she jumped. Like she probably like threw herself backwards and then tried to spiral back into a into a dive. But Alice was definitely not a diver in school, so oh. she's probably and not also... super well. And I have more propane tanks than you. You said yeah, the word. Uh, you said the word try. So we're gonna do a roll out of that in a minute. But go ahead. And finish. 
Well, because the idea was I figured he would shoot at me because I was closer to the cliff, but. Um, yeah, uh, so, so I mean, really, that's all. I just, I, yeah. I dive for it and run, dive, hopefully hit the water without splattering. Said, hopefully, so let's both roll. <laughs> Yay! Well, I feel like her, I feel like hers was a little more controlled. So, but Jay, we are going to have Alice roll to I see figured. see if you belt or backflop into this thing. Definitely. For the record, that die that I dropped was also a five. Nice. nice. So uh, I'm going to roll my cursed dice. Um, <laughs> so one die base, and then my need is to defeat this creature, which I can't do if I don't nail this dive. So yeah. I'm going to roll two dice. Oh, I rolled a five and one fell. Nice. Uh, so is how it a five? I don't know. It's like in the dark under the desk. I'm gonna have to find it. <laughs> All right. So so let's let's play out your you know descent into the water. How does it look? How do you turn this into a good landing? Our Alice spirals backwards. She like throws herself off the cliff, and so the propane tanks as she goes upside down into like a basic like backflip. Basically, as she starts to fall. The propane tanks like flash past her and carry her down, and they carry her weight down into the water backwards. And she just puts her hands up, goes like this, takes a huge deep breath through her mouth, and then braces. And when she hits the water, the tanks make a huge splash. She goes jackknifes right in the middle, spreads the water with her hands as she pushes in, and then like just rough exhale through the nose as she comes up and surfaces for one more breath before she starts going down because those tanks are going to sink. All right, so we will leave you two right there, and we will jump across town to the Theater Workshop of Cliffsdale. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com. Like us over on Facebook at Roll2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Roll2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Tritachion. Studios located at the nexus of all alternate universes, including the sexy vampire ones. Ooh. At Roleplay Retcon, we remake famously disappointing movies using comedy, hindsight, and tabletop RPGs. Like Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, but specifically not Dungeons and Dragons. We take a second pass at guilty pleasures like Batman and Robin or Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and even some controversial favorites like Twilight. But I love those movies. We do too, and all of the movies we do have something to love. If they didn't, there would be nothing to reimagine. At the end of each series, we compare our vision to the original films because why the f- not. I can't wait to listen to Roleplay Retcon wherever podcasts are available. I'm going to listen to it before you do. 